Welcome to Think Queerly. I'm your host, Darren Steele. I'm a personal leadership coach living in Toronto, Canada, and I help people discover how to fully embrace their uniqueness and creative potential so that they can freely create the life they want. I write and podcast regularly about queer leadership and how we can create a more loving and accepting world for all people. You can find out more about me at my website, darrensteel.com, where you can also get my book, Think Queerly, Meditations and Critical Reflections on Liberating Humanity. In today's episode, I'm offering an invitation to experience things as they are in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. In my work recently, uh, writing my book for The Way of Queer Leadership, I was reading The Watercourse Way by Alan Watts, and he was quoting a passage by Chang Tzu, who would be, I believe, a later contemporary coming after um, Lao Tzu, the person attributed with writing the Tao Te Ching. And Chang Tzu wrote, Tranquility and disturbance means perfection. Tranquility in disturbance means perfection. Hold that in mind because I'm going to come back to it and I'm going to touch on it both indirectly and directly in today's episode. Now, since most of Canada and the rest of the world at different points went into lockdown, and in Canada, as I'm saying specifically where I live, in the middle of March, we've been witnessing the greatest disruption to society in the 21st century. Everything has been called into question. Economic stability, capitalism, the rise of populism, human rights, Basic human freedoms like being able to go out of your house without a face mask or being able to go to the grocery store, climate change, and our very mortality and the existence and health and well-being of those we care most about. So an almost rhetorical question is how can we remain calm when all this hap- is happening? How can we remain calm and human hearted in a time of such unprecedented disruption? How can we see the beauty and the creative potential in the unfolding of this unique experience in human history? Now, I want to mention the phrase human-hearted because I'm going to bring it up a few times. Human-hearted in this sense, the way I'm understanding it from some of my research of late, is being the most intuitively connected with your your truth in the moment. Just being, allowing yourself to feel for yourself in this situation, the compassion and the empathy for others in this situation. And human-heartedness means an openness to the oneness, to the connection that we have with everyone, to this connection we have with the planet, and that we are just as much a part of nature as nature simply is. Sounds a little convoluted, sounds a little philosophical, maybe a little airy-fairy. 
it'll become more clear. Now, for me, the COVID-19 pandemic has revealed how some things change and other things simply become more apparent and to the point where you just can't look away. You are confronted with and have to either bear witness to or take part in some way, shape, or form. And in a previous episode, seizures, tears, and chasing thieves, getting certainty in overwhelming times, I spoke about this. I spoke about how I was a participant in two incidents uh, this past April and how that had a profound effect on my emotional and moral understanding of not only human behavior, but what this pandemic means and how we are seeing ourselves within it. And how we can also see ourselves and our responsibility for who we are and our connection with the planet and every other human being on this planet in a different, more positive, more hopeful way. So how do you, how do we go along with the natural process of life? Let's listen to that again. Going along with a natural process of life is just like water. Water flowing calmly down a stream. A trickle. Maybe just a foot or a meter width. But that stream either leads to or came from something much larger. Something that could have been quite tumultuous. It could have come over a waterfall. It could be going into a lake. It could be emptying into an ocean. And you know that with water, it could be something tranquil, but it could also be something incredibly disruptive, like a waterfall, or in horrible weather, an extreme weather, it could be a tidal wave. Water, on the one hand, seems fluid and gentle and life-giving, and on another hand, has such an incredible destructive power. So when we practice witnessing with a human-hearted response from the humanity that makes us who we are, we can embrace this pandemic as our present moment. Now, this is a time of uncertainty, isolation, grief, stress, and existential threat. And it makes us wonder what is the higher good, or at least it makes me wonder. And I don't mean in an ethical sense, or in a philosophical sense. But I mean, how do we act in a more humane, in a more human and intuitive way, in a human-hearted fashion? Because as we bear witness to the COVID-19 virus and its affect upon us and everyone else and all of the other constructs of society, like our economy and politics... How can we see things differently by embracing natural phenomena for the simplicity of what it is? It just is. This pandemic was born of the earth, and it simply is. It is a natural part of the evolutionary flow of this planet. 
Now, how we perceive the virus, how we talk about it, how we conceptualize it is artificial. It's just an intellectual construct, a conversation, a dialogue. What's it doing to us? How do we feel about it? How do we change it? The virus itself has no prejudice, holds no malice, carries no judgment. It flows into our very existence on this planet like water going from a river into a lake. And as human beings, we try and react to it. We try to control it. We try and force back that which we can't. Metaphorically, as if we were standing in the middle of a rushing river, putting down bricks at our feet, trying to dam it. Now, I hope we find a vaccine or something much sooner than later so that at least we can live with less stress and an existential threat. But I believe this vaccine, I maybe I should say, I almost hope that it only comes with our complete knowledge and acceptance and awareness that we cannot stop the rise of another virus or another pandemic. And this perception alone is the first step towards a kind of acceptance, a kind of seeing or intuiting the way towards a tranquility of witnessing disruption or disturbance as the perfect as the perfect and natural flow of life, of all that happens on this planet. And this is not me talking about God or spiritual entity. This is quite simply observing the natural order of things. In Wayne Dyer's book, Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, which I'm working through right now and in which he has um, his own translation of the Tao Te Ching and offers several pages per verse of his interpretation of what he believes it's trying to teach us. He writes of one of the verses about our human condition. And I quote, See imperfections as perfect. Even if your ego mind cannot comprehend this, become aware of your conditions. Your responses that led you to label people, places, and circumstances as less than perfect. Become aware of your conditions and responses that led you to label people, places, and circumstances as less than perfect. I find the wisdom in that sentence that it, it provides so much that even goes beyond what we're witnessing right now, even in our understanding of um, how we have a LGBTQ uh, label for so many things. Uh, we're constantly creating new gender pronouns and the, the challenge of labeling in general, which kind of creates a kind of separation. And separation is of the ego. There is no separation in nature. Everything is connected. 
So perhaps think of it this way, about what perfection can mean. Perfection is to be witnessed in the natural order of things, not in what we think or what we do. So perfection is only a natural unfolding. The flow of life on this planet and even the novel coronavirus is part of this unfolding, this evolution of the planet, this coming into being naturally, regardless of the apparent conditions which may have helped this virus come into being. So the natural order of things is creation and creativity. Life and what appears to be disturbance, and in this case, the disruptive influence of us human beings, disturbance to that natural order of things is truly perfection. The natural order is life and death, regeneration and decay. But as human beings, We allow our ego to take over and we react and we get up in arms and we preach that COVID-19 is a virus that's really a conspiracy and we deflect from the truth that we are the species responsible for this disruption in the natural order. This is not a disturbance in nature that just happens in nature that we witness and go, oh, isn't that interesting? This is the perfection of nature. No, we had a hand in this. And I'm not saying that it happened in one country because of particular conditions. This is the world we've created for ourselves. Overpopulation, capitalism, people living in poverty, people having to survive in certain ways that create conditions that cause disruption in the natural order of things. So we are responsible for this virus coming into being, and that in and of itself is perfection. Because as human beings, we are a creative element of this planet, and we are doing what we do. But it's also up to us to see what we're doing and figure out whether we're creating an imbalance So this is our opportunity to look at what this perfection in the moment tells us about who we are. We can choose to change our ways to respect and be in alignment with the natural world, the ebb and flow of life and death, by replenishing the resources we consume and changing our perspective from seeing the world as something we can endlessly take from to something we must protect at all costs. There seem to be more people interested in a movement towards green energy and improving the environment and getting more cars off the road and cycling and walking. You see, when we disrespect the natural order of things, we are inadvertently disregarding ourselves and our continued survival on this planet in a way that would be comfortable and to our liking. 
And this shift in perspective of how we view the world and our place in it and our connection with it is what leads towards the tranquility of understanding that disturbance is a part of nature. Just as we are of nature and that we as humans contribute to the disturbance we are witnessing through the coronavirus. Humans are the single most disruptive force on this planet. We are pushing harder than the planet can bear, and we've been doing this for some time. We've created an imbalance so great that the cycle of balanced regeneration has been permanently altered. Our actions have consequences, and the list is growing longer and ever graver. And the greatest harm we inflict on the planet, and by so doing upon ourselves, is that we create byproducts. What we take from the earth to benefit our comfort results in side effects. A consequence of potentially greater negative affect than the removal of that initial resource. So, for example, we strip mine the earth for coal and we cause ecological harm on more levels than just the air pollution created in the burning of the coal to make heat or energy. We raise down forests, both ancient and replanted forests, causing multiple ramifications to our environment. The loss of topsoil, the loss of um, ecological and biological diversity. We drill deep into the earth on both land and sea to withdraw fossil fuels that further pollute the earth, the sea, because a tanker breaks down and then there's a massive oil spill, or the air and the water during the manufacturing and the breaking down of those raw materials to create either oil or gas. And then the air, when we burn that fuel for heating our homes or the combustion to propel our cars... And then the waste that comes in the form of plastics and other single-use products and the, the makeup that's created out of fossil fuels, it's an infinite variety and array of things we create that are either discarded or, after use, create more of a toxicity, which is the byproduct. And at the very extreme we harness the atom, which we then explode for power, which we might have good intentions with, calling it cleaner energy, even though it has a horrible byproduct of nuclear waste that just takes hundreds and hundreds of years to decay. Or then the atom becomes a political and ideological force, one of control and threat the manifestation of the very worst that is our ego's need for power. Yeah, to say we have lost our way is rhetorical at best at this point in the conversation. But this is not meant to dismay. It is meant 
in my own reflection, to look at this, to witness what is going on, to see the polarities of, it's easy to look at what's most extreme right now and to not understand that that extremity cannot exist without what appears to be an opposite, but it's not really an opposite, it's a relationship. So what appears to be bad, we cannot understand or observe or discuss without the comprehension of what it, what good means. If we look at one kind of pollution, what is, as its polarity, the other side? Can we look at a new resource replenishing or way to harness energy that doesn't cause destruction and toxic byproducts. We know this, we are doing this, but there are many minds that have to yet be changed and or many minds thinking along this way that need to be in positions of greater influence. I don't want to say power, but greater influence for the collective good. And this is what we can learn right now from the COVID-19 virus and the very pandemic. If we are open to intuiting this natural message, this warning, if you like, if you are getting out more for walks into nature or riding your bike or jogging outside, take in the beauty that you see the walk I took this morning, the sky hasn't seemed so blue. The air is cleaner. I've always had more of a cough constantly. Sometimes it's nerves and the frequency with which I've had it throughout my life, it's sometimes habitual, but I, it, it just hasn't been there as much this year. And then the silence, the beautiful birds. I have, I live downtown Toronto. The birds, I have never heard singing outside my window in part because I think there are more in part because it's simply quieter. There are less people out driving cars. There are less things happening because of required social distancing and isolation. The tranquility I feel as a result of being more aware of the presence of nature, even living in a large city, has been eye-opening and enlightening. I've known for myself that we must change our ways. You probably know that we must change our ways. We know this, but as it is with so many other aspects of our life, sometimes in order for us to change, we need to experience great hardship, loss, a broken heart, being fired from a job, or disruption like we haven't experienced in this century. Almost three months of social isolation, an economic shutdown, and in that is also a clue for us to understand what's more important, our jobs or 
our hearts, so to speak. And when I say our hearts, I mean our humanity, our being. We are not just work. We are not just creating another widget for someone who's about to become a trillionaire. That's a massive imbalance. But it is also a kind of perfection, as much as I feel that might be misunderstood when I say it that way, because we, as a collective humanity, have allowed for this to happen. And we don't have to see that as right or wrong. We can simply see it for it is, and we can choose a better way. It's just normal human nature that we can be caught up in our everyday everyday ego experiences of me, 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 (laughs) that it takes a force of nature, a tsunami in the form of a virus that has made us, that has forced us to stop and to respect others by going into social isolation and to shut down much of the workings of the world as we know it. And not just for a week or two, but like I've said, going into almost three months, at least in Canada. So I invite you to be the change you want to see in the world. I invite you to practice a human-hearted response during this pandemic. And here are a few suggestions. Practice equanimity over judgment. Judgment is our ego. Why did that person do this? Why aren't they wearing the mask? What could be some reasons? Maybe they forgot their mask. The other day I went at the store and I apologized to the clerk who I'm doing some business with because I had meant to bring my mask and I completely forgot simply because this is a new habit and it takes time to create a new habit. I hope he wasn't judging me, but I made the point of being human-hearted to stand even farther back and say, John, I'm so sorry. I completely forgot to bring my mask. And that leads into practice compassion for every frontline worker, the person at the hardware store, at the grocery store, the frontline worker at the hospital, the independent retail store that is trying to survive by doing curbside pickup. Do we really need to argue with them? Do we need to give them a hard time? Or do we have to practice compassion knowing that they are there every day with greater exposure to the virus than someone who has the privilege of working from home? Practice paying conscientious attention to physical distancing for yourself, for others, for those you don't know, for those you love. It's not about not having freedom. It is about you, in fact, having the freedom to remain healthy and well, that when you protect yourself, you protect others. And live your life 
as if you are asymptomatic right now. Because your choices could irreparably harm the health or the very life of someone else who you might not even know. And it would hurt so much more if you found out you infected someone you loved. Leading in this way doesn't make any of us immune to the virus. Doesn't make any of us better than anyone else. More human, more caring, more compassionate, more empathetic. No. But leading in this way is how you can choose who you want to be during this pandemic in this oneness of a more caring humanity. And I'll leave you with Wayne Dyer's translation of verse 45 of the Tao Te Ching, just one of the final lines of that verse. Stillness and tranquility set things in order in the universe. Stillness and tranquility set things in order in the universe. Practice some self-reflection and open-heartedness. Look inward if you feel stressed or that you want to judge someone else's behavior. And find the tranquility in simply going along with the flow and understanding that other people do what they do. Over which you have absolutely no control. But you can choose to be who you want to be and how you want to act or respond. Until next time.